We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking week 17 game level similarity projections on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners at Rotoviz. Hope that everybody out there had a great time over the holidays, everything went well, and that your fantasy teams performed up to your expectations and your hopes. I know that the team I was most excited about uh, just decided to really really not show up this past weekend. Uh, and I'm now turning my attention towards some of my other teams out there. Hopefully you still have some out there in the running. If you didn't, you probably would not be tuning in to this episode. It will just be me tonight. Uh, Curtis unable to catch up with me this evening for recording. And unfortunately I actually am not going to be able to record on Thursday or Friday night of this week to do a start sit type of show. Uh, that said, if you have questions, send them to rvffshow at gmail.com or send them to Curtis and I on Twitter. The email is probably the better option. rvffshow at gmail.com. I'll try to either get back to you in an email or if we get enough coming in, maybe I will record a pod by myself on Saturday night, answering those questions. I'll let you know in the email that I've recorded it and it's been answered and you can check that out on Sunday morning. Crazy time of year for me with my day job and the holidays and everything going on. Kind of the same thing for Curtis. So here we are. Anyway, with the housekeeping out of the way, let's talk some GLSP projections for week 17. I might mention some players whose status is in doubt. Check in, obviously, with all of these things and know that a lot of the things I'm going to say are going to be hinging upon a player's availability. But this time of year, there's a lot of different things going on in the world of injuries. Uh, and at point when I'm recording this, it might not even make sense for me to kind of speculate on any of those. So, 
We'll start with quarterback. So the week 17 schedule starts on Thursday night this week. Let me make sure that I uh, have the breakdown here. Yeah. So this week we have, we have a Thursday game, a Saturday game, Sunday games, no Monday game. The Thursday game is going to feature the Jets and the Browns. Uh, so keep that in mind that they, and you also have this Saturday matchup, which is Detroit and Dallas. Uh, so this might impact your lineup decisions that you have to make at quarterback. The player with the highest projection this week is Matthew Stafford facing off against the New York giants with an average of 24.3 fantasy points. Now, if we take a look at why the tool has him this high, uh, the first thing that you're going to see is that he gets to a full two passing touchdowns based on the average of his similar or comp players. But players that are in his comp group have had a lot of success rushing the ball. In fact, 40% have scored rushing touchdowns. A lot of yardage, too. As a result of that, know that you should probably scale this back. I would say you should probably take down his projection a full maybe six or so points because I don't think that uh, this is very representative of Stafford, and this is one of those kind of anomaly situations where things just so happen to line up in a way that you get kind of an inflated view for a player like Stafford. Uh, so keep that in mind. I mean, I guess you could say that there is a little bit of upside for him. And to be honest, we have seen him on a bit of a tear the last, uh, five or so weeks. So depending on who you have, you know, maybe you're still leaning his way. Just know that this might be a little bit inflated. If CJ Stroud returns against Tennessee, GLSP likes him a lot at 23.2. He's followed by Jalen Hurts. Trevor Lawrence, who you might not be able to turn to. Then you got Justin Fields against Atlanta, followed by Jordan Love at Minnesota. Now, Jordan Love, if we zoom in on his GLSP here, what you're going to see is that he actually is at 2.2 passing touchdowns, which is going to be one of the higher average stat lines that you're going to see for a passer in the GLSP 309 yards, uh, 67% completion rate, giving him 28% of his matches going beyond 25, 26 in the 2025 bucket. So against Minnesota, the two really likes Jordan love this week. He's followed by Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield. Now Baker is going to be playing the saints. And if you look at his projection or his average stat line, I should say, you also see him getting over two passing touchdowns. Actually, with 2.1, 10% of his matches scored a rushing touchdown, uh, almost 300 yards on average. He actually gets 31% of his comps over the 25 mark, 21 falling in the 20 to 25 mark. So a very good outlook for Baker. Jake Browning last week um, had a decent game. Um, not quite as impressive as some of the other games that he's had. He actually comes in though with 19.6 against Kansas city, putting him in the QB one conversation. He's followed by Kyler Murray, 
Dak Prescott or Sam Howell to play, he'd be at 18.2 against San Francisco. I don't know if that gives you any window into what Jacoby Brissett perhaps might be able to do. He's followed by Brock Purdy. Looks like Russell Wilson will be sitting. He would be next, followed by Lamar Jackson and what should be a really, really fun game on Sunday at one between the Ravens and the Dolphins. As we start getting a little bit lower now, uh, Easton Stick comes in at 16. He's followed by uh, Trevor Simeon, Mahomes, kind of a down week, Mason Rudolph, Jared Goff, Bailey Zappi, Nick Mellons, Joe Flacco, Geno Smith. Surprisingly here, you have Tua coming in at just 14.9. Now, I would imagine if you have Tua at this point, he's probably uh, the starter that you're rolling with. But maybe you need a little bit more context on him. And admittedly, Tua has had, you could say, a downward trend over the course of the season. Um, His four best performances of the year came in the first eight weeks. He's been a QB 140% of the time. Between weeks one and nine, he had four performances. Between weeks 11 and 16, just two QB one performances. So you might have a fairly similar percentage, but um, if we look at his, his average stat line here against the Ravens, just 1.4 passing touchdowns on average, 263 yards. And you see 40, 42% of his matches going between 15 to 20, just a total of 15% getting beyond 20. So his upside might be limited this week, uh, behind him, you got guys like Carr, um, Desmond Ritter, Gardner Minshew, Davis Mills, Bryce Young coming in at last with just 11.7 this week. So those are some of the names towards the bottom. The other thing I think we probably want to do here is just sort by 75th percentile. I'm going to try to pull out some names here that stand out with upside that you perhaps wouldn't be expecting. That is going to be guys we already talked about, like Baker Mayfield, uh, Jake Browning actually uh, in the top 12 when looking at the 75th percentile average stat line. We do see Trevor Simeon and Easton Stick actually finish okay here. Simeon, obviously, you're not going to be paying attention to that against Cleveland. I would not stick with that if we do Simeon get the go. Uh, Easton Stick against Denver. Maybe if you're in a pinch, that's where you could look. Um, but nothing else too crazy there. So I think that covers the notes that I would have on quarterback. Except for maybe if we look beyond 25, there's something else of note there. Uh, You see Jordan Love, who we talked about. Sam Howell would have had a decent outlook against the 49ers. Um, Joe Flacco actually does get 24% of his matches beyond 20 to 25, or excuse me, beyond 20. That puts him at the 17th quarterback in that metric, uh, which is a little bit better than where he might land if you're purely looking at the average. Mahomes against the Bengals, the tool does not love this week. Uh, That's one of the things kind of standing out to me there. Um, so you might not be able to bank on Patrick Mahomes pulling through here and setting the world on fire for your team. I actually want to take a moment here just to kind of zoom out on Mahomes across the year. 
He's actually number 10 in terms of PPR per game, 58 in fantasy points over expectation per game. The really interesting thing is that we saw him record 47% QB1 performances, but he has not had one since week 12. In fact, uh, since the team's buy-in week 10, Mahomes has only gone over 20 points once. So that's one 23.8 point performance on top of five sub 20 point performances for Mahomes. Still sits in there though at number one in attempts, one in completions, nine in completion percentage, uh, six in passing touchdowns, four in passing yards, six in rush yards, seven in overall PPR, number two in expected points per game. So, not the end of the year that you would have hoped for for teams that invested in Mahomes. All right, moving along here, you're probably more interested in the other positions. So, at running back, you are looking at Christian McCaffrey as the RB1. No surprise, with a monstrous average PPR of 24.1. This might be the highest average that we've seen for a running back this year. His average stat line includes 90 yards on 18 attempts. 90% of his matches score touchdowns against teams similar to the commanders. Also, his comps adding four receptions, 37 yards, and 40% scored receiving touchdowns. 48% of his matches went beyond 25. This is an absolutely absurd projection. The crazy part is, Sure, there's a lot of touchdown upside baked into here, but you could argue that McCaffrey, you might actually expect to get more than five targets in this game. Of course, maybe game script uh, prevents that. But if you look at McCaffrey and you go to his game log in the NFL Player Stat Explorer on the site, uh, you're going to see that in recent games, you know, he had 10 targets against Baltimore. Yeah, I guess the five actually might be fairly in line with what we've seen in recent games. There have been some fluctuations, but my point is for a player like McCaffrey, this could potentially even be underselling what you might expect given what you've seen from him in prior games. All right, so he's followed by Kyron Williams, then a bit of a surprise here in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, so his average stat line calls for 77 yards on 66 attempts, 70% of his matches finding the end zone. Also adding two receptions, uh, 18% of his matches going beyond 25. His largest bucket is in that 10 to 15 distribution with 28% there. But it's interesting that you see things kind of peek into that bucket, fall down, and then come back up in the over 25 bucket. So he does have a lot of upside heading into... Uh, his matchup this weekend. And, you know, I mean, we've seen him put up some solid performances in the back half of the year. Uh, so Hubbard might be one of those key players that you wouldn't expect this week. He's followed by Bijan Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Jameer Gibbs, Rashad White, Joe Mixon, Brees Hall, Pollard, Taylor, Pacheco, James Cook, Alvin Kamara, James Conner. Not a lot of surprises behind them. Uh, Devin Singletary comes in at 17 behind a Chan. You've got David Montgomery, Saquon Barkley in there. 
Just not a lot of surprises. I'll call out Najee Harris coming in with 10.5, Jalen Warner on 10. Normally two backs that we get a lot of questions about. Derek Henry just down at 10. Travis Etienne at 10.9. Jerome Ford around 11. Ty Chandler at 11. Really not a lot of major surprises here. And a lot of the players that we generally get starter sick questions about are falling into that range that feels like it matches what you would probably be expecting and what we've seen from them across the year. Unfortunately, you have Austin Eckler here at 9.6. Eckler, who has been so awesome in other years, bit of a disappointing season this year. He is the RB 15 in overall PPR per game has been an RB one 42% of the time, but where the struggle has been for Eckler is that he has been an RB three in half of his games this year. Not the type of thing that you would have seen in years past. If I look at 2022, there's a stark difference here, right? He was an RB one over 60% of the time an RB two 29% meaning That just one game last year, was he an RB3? You contrast that with this year, and he's been an RB3 in five games. Also doesn't help that he was not available weeks two through week five. Moving along here, um, very honestly, there's no other names that stick out to me here as particularly surprising. If you're looking for upside, and we do that by looking at 75th percentile PPR and sorting through there. That list is looking like McCaffrey, Jacobs, Williams, Gibbs, Rashad White, Hubbard. Uh, surprising players that sneak into this mix. There really aren't any. This is a pretty chalky week, I would say. Uh, Jerome Ford maybe out of some of those guys that were in the average around 11 range. Um Yeah, honestly, there's nothing too crazy there. Uh, Maybe if we look for guys that have high floor that you might not be expecting, uh, there's really not too much of a difference there either on top of what we've already talked about. So again, if you have specific questions, shoot them to rvffshow at gmail.com and I will get back to you in some form or fashion um as i said yeah oh rotoviz ff show at gmail.com rotoviz ff show at gmail.com uh or you can also use rotoviz main at gmail.com okay we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Continuing along at wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, CeeDee Lamb, Tyreek Hill, all at the top of the lists here. Nico Collins, you'll have to look at his status. He would be projected very nicely against Tennessee. Shouldn't be a surprise given that CJ Stroud also has a nice outlook. Brandon Ayuk, who has been pretty uh, pretty solid in the back half of the year uh, with a nice kind of uh, second half of the game against Baltimore, I felt like. Uh, he comes in at 16 in PPR per game among wide receivers. He gets projected here at the wide receiver six this week against Washington. And his average stat line looks like seven and a half targets, five receptions, 87 yards, and 80% of his matches scoring touchdowns against teams like Washington. His largest bucket this week is in the 25 plus bucket where 26% of his matches landed uh, another interesting distribution here in that you do see 20% of his matches going between just five to 10. So he actually has 30% of his matches going below 10 points, but it's interesting that it actually scales up to the over 25 bucket. So good outlook there for Ayuk. It's followed by some of the typical guys, Olave, uh, Pukunakua, St. Brown, Cortland Sutton against the chargers comes in pretty high here. Uh, you will have to evaluate, though, what the quarterback situation in Denver means for the receivers on the team. Um, so, you know, if I do a quick search here, uh, just to add a little bit more context, it looks like they're turning to Jarrett Stidham. <sighs> Not great for Sutton. Uh, what you see if you look at his average stat line is an expectation of around seven targets, 76 yards, 70% of his matches finding the end zone, an average PPR around 16.7. Honestly, I'm probably scaling this back because there's a lot of unknowns now to expecting somewhere around, maybe if I'm being generous, like 12 points. Um, So I'd imagine we're going to see him in some start-sit questions. He's ahead of guys like Evans, Rasheed Rice, Cooper Cup, 
Um, at this point, I'll stop reading through. I'm just going to call out names that might be kind of surprising. Uh, where we start to get some deviation here from what you might expect is when we get to around wide receiver 20. Jaden Reed at 14.5. Uh, Noah Brown at 14.1. Gabe Davis against New England, who you might be interested in here. Uh, I'd imagine we might get a question or two about him. His stat line calls for 6.5 targets, 3.9 receptions, 65 yards, half of his matches finding the end zone. His two largest buckets, a lot of interesting distributions this week. Uh, He has 27% between 5 to 10, and then 24% between 15 to 20. So he actually has kind of two peaks in his profile, which lines up with what you might expect from a player like Gabe Davis. Uh, As we continue along here, T. Higgins, a little bit lower of an outlook than you might be hoping for with an average of 12.8, followed by Rashid Shaheed, George Pickens. Uh, A.J. Brown, it does not love this week against Arizona or Zay Flowers. Both of those guys coming in in the 11-point range, as do Terry McLaurin, Garrett Wilson. Demarcus Robinson, after a nice game, um, he is landing in that range. And we'll take a quick little drill in here to uh, his past couple of games. So he now has a receiving touchdown. This this, feel, this is one of those things you look at and you're like, this has to be wrong. There, there has to be something going on here. Four games back to back. He now has a receiving touchdown. And it's not surprising that we're seeing him now pop back up into the good graces of the GLSP. Um, in fact, I'm actually just going to cross. This is how nuts this is. I'm cross referencing this here, uh, with another site and yeah, four touchdowns and back-to-back games, making sure that that's right. I, I have to say, I knew he'd had some good games, but not like that. So Demarcus Robinson, if you look in the GLSP, what you see is that he will be facing off against the Giants. He is an average stat line that calls for around three and a half receptions, 46 yards, 40% of his matches finding the end zone. His largest bucket is in that five to 10 bucket, uh, 35% of his matches there, but it does kind of trail off stepping down gradually to having 4% in the over 25 bucket, an average of in PPR of 11. Maybe this is the type of player that you go to in a pinch Stafford also looking like he could be very strong in this game. And of course, there's a lot of competition there. Um, And you're probably thinking to yourself, does he really keep this up heading into a fifth game? But good outlook for Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba pretty low this week against the Steelers. Uh, An average of 10, putting him in at wide receiver 45 on the week. Um. Stefan Diggs, pretty weak projection against New England. Of course, we're not going to pay attention to that. Uh, Jacoby Myers against the Colts, 9.1. Jahan Dotson, 9.5 against San Francisco. Curtis Samuel, right in that range as well. The player I do want to spend a minute on here, though, Jordan Addison. Um, I'm imagining that there's teams out there, managers listening to this podcast right now, Completely unsure what to do with Jordan Addison. Uh, as we've seen now, some up 
and downs for him in these key weeks this year. So Jordan Addison, um, the target volume has been not where you'd like to see it since week 12, week 14, just three targets, week 15, six, week 16, four. You had a nice stretch between week seven and 11 where he was at at least seven every week. Uh, the GLSP is placing him with six targets, 3.6 receptions, 41 yards, 30% of his matches finding the end zone. What you don't like to see is 23% going for less than five, 45% of his matches going between, uh, yeah, between five to 10. So, I mean, that is a super high 68% under 10 points, not a lot of upside. I am a big fan of Jordan Addison, but this weekend, I have to say, I'm not recommending that you play him on the teams I'm envisioning our listeners having. I think that he's probably on the bench. Drake London, not a good outlook versus Chicago. I think that covers most of the players we'd be interested in here. Um, terrible outlook for Jerry Judy. Uh, not a good outlook for Adam Thielen, actually, against the Jaguars. Just a 7.7 average. Another player that you might have to take out of your equation. We'll actually drill in on here on him a little bit as well. So he's playing the Jaguars. His average stat line, zero touchdowns, not good. 41 yards on just 3.5 receptions. 51% of his match is going between 5 to 10. Probably not the upside that you are looking for in what is likely your championship game. Uh, if we look at tight ends here, our highest scoring average stat line among tight ends this week goes to Trey McBride at 17.4. He'd be followed by TJ Hawkinson, uh, another player that you can have to check the status on at 17.3, followed by Travis Kelsey, Evan Engram at 13.7. Cole Komet, it does like versus the Falcons and Joku, who's been in a good stretch at 11.8. Cade Auden against the Saints could be an interesting option. He actually lands in the top seven this week. If we take a closer look at him, what we'll see uh, is an expectation around 43 yards on around three and a half receptions, but 60% of his match is finding the end zone for tight end. This is very good upside to have. Certainly a player that you could think about. It's followed by Laporta, Waller, ugh, excuse me, Waller, then Gerald Everett, uh, Dallas Goddard, Hunter Henry, Jake Ferguson, uh, Fryermuth coming in at 15. Not too many surprises here. Uh, George Kittle, it does not love, um, but I think we've kind of hit all of the important notes from that perspective. If we look for upside, and I look at 75th percentile projections. Are there any names really standing out here as surprises? Tucker Craft against Minnesota, I guess you could say. Uh, Kyle Pitts, despite a weaker projection, does have some upside uh, landing in the top 15 at number 14, followed by Juwan Johnson, if we're looking for a 75th percentile. Um. Players with decent floor, if that's what you're in the market for. Uh, Chica Quanquo actually coming in with 6.7. Puts him somewhere in the top uh, 13 or so. Friar Muth, though he does not have a lot of upside against Seattle, he would have a good floor. Jake Ferguson with a decent floor, uh, as well as Jonu Smith 
Gerald Everett actually pretty good in this metric as well. All right. Rotovismain at gmail.com would be one of the ways to shoot me some questions. You would also have rotovizffshow at gmail.com. That's our walkthrough of the GLSP for this week. Please feel free to shoot me messages. As always, appreciate you stopping by, hanging out, and I wish you the absolute best of luck this weekend. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 